0: The suicide rate for physicians is fairly high. We tend to take care of others and not prioritize ourselves. In male physicians, it's one in eight females, one in 10, 67% of physicians are colloquially depressed. It's a topic that we need to shout out from the rooftops in order to preserve and, and care for those that are taking care of everybody.
1: From the Pritikin Longevity Center in Miami, Florida, welcome to the Healthier Everyday Podcast where we talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, the food you eat, and putting it all together to create an amazing lifestyle. In this episode, we delve into the topic of physician burnout, exploring its causes, impacts, and solutions. Discover firsthand stories and insights from medical professionals who have experienced burnout and hear how they place an importance on prioritizing well-being. Join us as we shed light on this critical topic that affects not only medical professionals, but anyone striving for a balanced life. Dr. Krista Gonzalez is one of Pritikin's endocrinologists. She helps guests improve their health not only through private consultations, but also by teaching in a classroom environment the various tools people can use to improve how they feel. Dr. Kristen Farrell-Turner is Pritikin's licensed psychologist. She has published several peer-reviewed articles and teaches multiple classes at Pritikin, helping guests face the challenges and stressors of healthy living. Enjoy today's episode, and don't forget to like and subscribe.
0: So the topic of of burnout, well being, and mental health um, is is really your, more of your your profession, but um, oh. I think that it, it definitely applies to to everybody, as as you know so mm-hmm. well. Uh, a personal story is that I suffered from burnout um, in the past, and oh. and something that somebody asked me recently was, you know, what have you learned from being at Pritikin? And one thing th- that I think is the most valuable in my life moving forward really is to take care of myself and how to do it, um, which I, sh- I'm sure you educate people about all day,
2: every day. <laughs> so, um, I mean, most, most people come to Pritikin, of course, are already pretty like internally motivated to want to change. It's, it's just, they get a lot of the tools here. I think of kind of how to do it. Um, but you know, I've worked in other places, well, and I, and I should say to it, I mean, every now and then we might get a guest here who's, you know, maybe a, a little on the fence, a little ambivalent, you know, like they kind of want to, but it's kind of like, ooh, it's a lot I need to change about my life. And sometimes it's like a spouse that's kind of, you know, <laughs> nudging, gently nudging them um, here. Um, but definitely in some other work that I do, not necessarily here. Pritikin, um, you know, I do work with people who maybe, again, unlike a lot of our Pritikin guests, maybe don't even realize that all of this is starting to add up and, and it's it's going to break at some point, you know, the, the, and, and they're not really recognizing a lot of like the signs and symptoms um, Absolutely. Early, early enough. So yeah. and then it gets to a place where then they're really stressed and burned out maybe even then, you know, clinically depressed. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's more about kind of recognizing it earlier, I think.
1: If you're trying to lose weight, overcome some health issues, or just feel better, eating processed foods with too much sugar and too much sodium is gonna prevent you from hitting these goals. Well, let's face it, sometimes eating healthy food can be boring. My name is Vince Delapola. I'm the executive chef here at Predicant Longevity Center. It's my job to make sure that the cuisine we serve you at the Predicant Longevity Center not only meets our health standards laid out by our physicians and our nutritionists, but it's also flavorful, exciting, and something new for our guests to experience. That's why my team and I have been working on our new menu for our grand reopening. If you're looking for a place where you can enjoy flavorful, whole and unprocessed foods that are going to help you hit your goals and live completely. Come and dine with us at the British Longevity Center. Hope to see you soon. Dr. Gonzalez, what is it about the kind of the medical profession? And you can kind of break it down, like more specifically, what what jobs there are in within that, that are kind of prone to these sort of burnout uh, symptoms
0: that yeah. you're talking about. So um, in the medical profession, we're taking care of others mm-hmm. as any healthcare provider is trained to do. And um, we're almost held to a higher standard of in doing that, kind of an inhuman standard. <laughs> um, there's been phases through the you know times where um, it, it used to be, um, godly a godly role and then it became more of a superhero role and now finally physicians are we're humanizing ourselves and saying hey we're human um but yeah you you in training you're expected to go many hours without sleep 24 hour shifts right 48 hour shifts in some cases so the the lack of sleep um largely contributes to burnout uh as well as having to um listen to a lot of of patients and, mm-hmm. and some of their traumatic events, and then um, trying not trying to compartmentalize, and um, when you go home and not take that home with you. Right. Um, I didn't even know this until I, I further researched the topic of burnout. That I actually fit the demographic perfectly amongst female physicians, amongst physicians. Um, so being female, being young, being a mom. <laughs> yes. um, I have another child, a three year old, uh, And then also being married to um, another physician or another professional with Mm -hmm. demanding hours Mm -hmm. all put you at increased risk of burnout. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) it is. It's a lot.
0: Um, So, you know, all the risk factors are are there uh, as far as that goes. And the training um, not only teaches you not to to sleep and and prioritize yourself, you prioritize others over yourself. But um, nutrition. Gets kind yeah, of put by the wayside. Definitely. Exercise,
2: yeah,
0: and it's funny because physicians actually crave those things. That's one of their coping mechanisms. That's fairly um, a healthier coping mechanism that we tend to go towards is eating healthier and exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, and physicians are fairly resilient in their journey throughout um, burnout and yeah. and recover have high recovery rates because of their healthier coping mechanisms. Um, but again, the key is recognizing when you're burning out. Um, so some of the, of, of that education, um, we often don't know until a colleague will tell talk to us or a family member will talk to us and ask, Hey, are you okay? How's it going? Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some common kind of signs and symptoms are, you know, difficulty sleeping, Or just, or in feeling fatigued, and you you know, you mentioned something that's just part of your training as well. In the you know residency training, especially Uh, the long shifts, the lack of sleep, and that's considered normal. You know, like that's just part of it—a rite of passage, right? Exactly. Um, What is it it
1: about? Like, you would expect you're you're more you're you're more tired after working long shifts, but you're saying there's kind of a problem getting to sleep when you actually get home and you're able to to kind of get to sleep. What, why is that?
2: Couldn't well, you be able I, to just
1: go to bed and lights out?
2: Well, it, so I, I don't know if that in particular is a problem. I, I imagine what can be a problem later on. Well, I've, I have two answers for you. I imagine what can be a problem later on, and feel free to chime in too, is that because this lack of sleep is sort of normalized a little bit, almost like you should be able to just get through however long without sleep. And then, you know, later on, you know, maybe now they're finished with residency. And so it's years later and, and feeling tired and not getting enough sleep, but maybe in the back of the head, not recognizing that as kind of a, a problem or a potential problem be, because well, I should be able to just do this. So I think that's one thing. I hope that makes sense. And then the, another thing also, yeah, and it's certainly possible that people who have these shifts, um, especially like nighttime, shift workers of any of any type of job or career you don't get the same good quality sleep during the daytime so if somebody were to finish a night shift say and get home at i don't know 7 or 8 a.m. and then fully intend to sleep you know a solid 7 or 8 hours or hope to you know i've known people at nurses in particular who did night shifts I mean, and they'll tell me, like, I think I did sleep at, during the day after my shift for like seven or eight and I was exhausted. I fell right asleep. No problem. But I I just don't feel the same. It's not that same quality sleep. And when you're not in um, the normal kind of circadian rhythm, I mean, every now and then probably not a big deal, but years and years of this can start to add up.
1: So to me, it's kind of an interesting topic that there are reasons that a wellness professional or, or medical professionals... We're recommending that they come to a wellness retreat like Pritikin. It's kind of...
0: There's absolute it, value in that.
1: So And what... So you would... But you would think in the back of your head, oh, as is a medical medical professional. They know every, all the ins and outs about it. what a healthy lifestyle should be. But that's not always the case. And I've Correct. heard stories that in medical school... Well, we know. Nutrition... <laughs>
0: but we choose not to practice what yeah. we preach always.
1: Yeah. And I've also heard stories like in, in, in medical school... There's not a big focus on lifestyle, nutrition, proper nutrition, proper lifestyle habits. And there's also a lot of the stories about, um, you know, not not at Pritikin because at Pritikin you get a lot of time with your doctor, but in the real world, you might only get 15 minutes to see your doctor. You know, I, I think what was the average like? The average time to speak with a doctor is is much less than what you have here. You have about an hour with a doctor here, right in the real world, you get maybe thirty minutes or less
2: definitely um, less yeah I, I think the cases. average is like eight or something mm-hmm. I think I saw that somewhere so they're,
1: they're not talking to you about lifestyle changes, right. how often you go into the gym, getting down into your nutrition, but it's very rare to yeah. hear a doctor talk about how often you're exercising mm-hmm. yeah and and can you touch on the, like what? what the nutrition education is like in medical school
0: you know it's different the education you get versus what you actually practice um in in yourself like i said we're trained to take care of others mm-hmm. um and deprioritize ourselves so in doing that obviously these practices kind of we get we forget about them and how important they are for us because then you kind of buy into i can do this i'm fine i'm healthy i'm I can get through this 24-hour shift, no problem. You normalize a lot of these things. Yeah, I bet.
2: I can grab something quick to eat and right. not worry about it. And it's about- going to be from the cafeteria or yeah. whatever's available, mm-hmm. right, or the vending machine or something, right. whatever's there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately,
0: it, the training is not there in medical school. We don't really learn the true value of sleep. Um, in research, they've shown that if you're trying to lose weight, you're dieting, you're exercising, you're doing everything that you need to do, if you're not getting that seven to nine hours of sleep in, 55, you're losing 55% less weight than you could have. Mm-hmm. So sleep is huge, um, and not only for the purposes of staying healthy and managing your weight, but also for the purpose of um, your mental health. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, it's and, huge.
0: Yeah, and you start to normalize lack of sleep. Nutrition, we don't get nutrition classes at all in medical school, really. Um, being an endocrinologist, I was able to listen to dietitians and and get more nutritional information. And, and then being here, even on top of that, um, that knowledge was really enhanced. And the same goes for exercise. We don't learn the value. We learn the value of exercise, but we don't learn what questions to ask, how to approach these topics um, in medical school as we should, because they are sensitive issues mm-hmm. to, to approach in a certain and delicate way.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and learning how to speak some with to somebody with empathy um, is also huge and, and right. a gap in training, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, so and unfortunately, the knowledge, it's both of a lack of knowledge and then also um, just being trained that you are a superhero. <laughs> and even though um, what we do every day is, is demanding, we're still human. We live in a very complex world and we've got a lot of tools to work with. We haven't really ever been given a
2: manual. We're not taught how to really care for ourselves. How am I going to lead an active, healthy life? There's such an important connection between our mental health and our physical health. If
1: you're somebody who's looking to really focus on your own regeneration, I think what you will love is the program here at Pritikin, a mind-body experience of incredible classes and events. Do you have any stories about maybe physicians that have come through the program that you had experience with or kind of like a day in the life of what a medical professional might experience here at the Pritikin Center that will, you know, put them on a leg up when they go home and go back to their job?
0: Yeah, the nice part is there is a context behind what we're saying already. There's a wealth of information already. in their brains, and they already can absorb so much more exponentially than than usually other guests can, um, and and so they have that that foundational knowledge, and then they're just building on that foundation. Um, so a lot of physicians come through the program mm-hmm. excited and empowered because one they're sleeping, <laughs> two they're not worried about you know who's on, being on call usually while they're here, although I've had a few that are still. <laughs> Um, and then three, they're learning, they're taking time for themselves, which most of them haven't done in years, right? right.
2: Years. Yeah. Um, I hear that a lot too. Yeah.
0: So you get it like a sense of relief from them uh, where they can breathe for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, that feeling of relaxation and just feeling human again is amazing. And so that's a, a great feeling that they usually take away with them. Uh, another thing is they learn from the lectures uh, usually as, as humans, we think, oh, I already know that I've heard it once or twice. It takes multiple times to learn something and right. to, really, um, to really get, you know, everything out of a lecture or a class or a topic. Um, repetition really is key. And, and then how to implement it. Uh, the, the thing is, is that when they come here, they're able to see the results immediately because we do labs on entry and, and exit and then weekly. Um, they're able to see results immediately in how they feel and see world world application, right. which is really key. And it's like yeah. you're proving to yourself that it's working because you're seeing it work. Yeah. So we're scientifically minded as well in that we need data and we need proof that something's working. <laughs> and we get that here.
1: Right. Dr. Turner, what is it about kind of going to a place for an extended period of time? should it be a week, should it be? Two weeks, a month, or even just three days—like, what does that kind of do to the mindset? To maybe, I don't know, break a, a pattern or that kind of thing.
2: Well, they spend whether, whether they are whether they are you know healthcare workers, physicians, nurses, or anybody else, um, or, or any anybody, they're fully kind of immersed in all of this um, and they, and they're usually taking time off from other obligations. You know, usually, yeah, I get also the occasional person who, you know, says, oh, I've got a work meeting. I, you know, and some of them try to, you know, kind of stay on top of their emails to some extent too, partly because they know it'll be more stressful if they don't do that when they get back. (laughs) They'll say, I'll have 200 emails in my inbox. But so they might be doing some work or taking care of other types of obligations while they're here, but mostly they're really focused on, on themselves and their own health and broader well-being while they're here um whereas in the typical kind of hectic day-to-day life a lot of times that you know falls by the wayside you know i you know there's a lot of inner dialogue for a lot of people you know okay i need to do this 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 and this and this um and then well like okay i guess my workout for today can go or i guess i'll just grab something and run through something quick and convenient and you know, often also what I find is that they, they might tell themselves, oh, well, I'll just it's just today, but it ends up being like a few days a week that that ends up happening and all of that really adds up. So if they're here, especially for a couple of weeks, and every day of those couple of weeks is great healthy food, good refreshing sleep, regular exercise, they really do see those differences. Looking more into this topic, um, obviously it's a, it's a
0: passion of mine to prevent, you know, Burnout in other physicians um, because, like I mentioned before, we tend to take care of others and not prioritize ourselves.
2: Right.
0: Also, because I had colleagues in residency who committed suicide. Mm. Um, And actually, my program director uh, did two years after I graduated. Wow. So it it is a very um, personal topic. And the suicide rate for physicians um, is fairly high. Yeah,
2: I've heard that too. Uh,
0: In male physicians, um, I believe it's one in eight. And females, one in seven or one in ten, uh, colloquial depression, sixty-seven percent of physicians are yeah. colloquial depressed. Um, and then, as far as uh, clinical depression, it's lower; it's twenty-three percent. The the silver lining in in marriage <laughs> is the divorce rate is actually lower. People think that it's higher, um, but it's twenty-four percent as opposed to thirty-five percent in the general population. Hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a topic um, that we need to shout out from the rooftops in order to preserve and, and care for those that are taking care of of everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree.
1: Thank you for listening to the Healthier Everyday Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the Pritikin Longevity Center and how the physician-led team of wellness professionals have been helping people for almost 50 years, visit pritikin.com. That's P-R-I-T-I-K-I-N.com.